0: We are in our series uh, called The Gospel, More Than a Life Fest. And what we've been doing in this series, right, is we're we're looking at the gospel and I've said it's like a diamond. And what we're trying to do is so often we get focused on one facet of the diamond and we're trying to back up Turn the diamond around in our hands a little bit and say, okay, what what is a fuller view of this understanding of the gospel? If you missed last Sunday, you missed out. Pastor Micah had a powerful message on forgiveness. You need to go back and watch that message. I think God wants to speak to you through that message, all right? Next Sunday, get to share uh, another facet of the gospel, which is just a a powerful, powerful truth. Excited to share that. But this morning, uh, I think I get to share what may be my personal favorite aspect of the gospel and I'm so excited to get to share this and I'm not by myself today Uh, before we jump into uh, that though I want you to do something I want you to turn to a person around you I want you to tell them something I want you to tell your neighbor tell them something of value in your life that you have either broken wrecked or ruined okay turn to your neighbor tell them something you've ever broken wrecked or ruined ever in your life all right Okay. All right. All right. All right. How many of you have ever broken a bone? Raise your hand if you've ever broken a bone. Okay. We got some broken bones out there. Okay. How many of you have ever got in a car wreck? You've wrecked a car before. Anyone done that? Right. Ugh. Not, not fun. Okay. All right. Here's, here might be the most painful one. How many of you have ever broken your cell phone? How many of you have ever broken your cell phone? <laughs> Cracked cell phone screens. Right. Right. I drove over mine with a car one time. That was a, that was a poor decision. A poor decision. Okay. Um, One thing that I've done, and this is one of my personal favorite things in life, is uh, Burt's Beeswax. Anybody like Burt's Beeswax out there? Okay. If you don't know, Burt's is the best lip balm on planet Earth, okay? It's amazing, all right? Here's the problem. I use Burt's Beeswax, and I keep it in my pocket, and then sometimes I forget to take it out of my pocket when I throw the clothes in the dirty laundry, right? And on multiple occasions, that has gone through the washer and worse off, the dryer, and put beeswax over the entire load of laundry, okay? And on multiple occasions this has happened and ruined an entire load of laundry. I just did it six months ago. Amber loves me so much for these things that I do, okay? But here's the deal. We don't like it when things are broken, when they're wrecked or they're ruined. Why? Because they lose their value. We don't see the value in them anymore. They don't function like we thought they should. And this is true. We get it. We want to throw those things away. Here's the reality, if we take that understanding of broken and ruined and wrecked things and we bring it over to our spiritual walk, we miss out on the most beautiful facet of the gospel in my heart. And this morning I get to share something that I think will set some of you free. Some of you have been bound up with some stuff and God may want to set you free from some things this morning. And make you see some of your hurt in a different way today. And I don't get to do it by myself. My wife Amber is going to join me in just a few moments. Uh, so excited to share that with you. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As always, if you don't have a Bible, there's a table at the back of our room that's got Bibles on it. You can always borrow one from that. If you don't own a Bible, we want you to have a Bible. That is our gift to you. You go pick it up. You put your name on it. Take it with you on your way out the door this morning, okay? Just two weeks ago, I had somebody come in for the first time, and we were able to give her a Bible, give her daughter a Bible. Uh, We just love being able to do that, all right? Would you stand with me as we're going to read our primary text around here? Uh, Nothing sacred about this, uh, just what we do every week as we uh, honor God's word by standing. Verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's pray together. God, we thank you uh, that you want to speak to us. Father, this isn't just a ritual that we, that we do showing up on Sundays. God, we, we truly get to meet with you. And so I'm praying uh, that, that this truth would dig deep into people's hearts. And God, I'm praying for the, the dark parts of our heart, the corners of our hearts, the things that, the rooms that maybe we have closed the door and walked away and we, we don't ever want to think about again. God, I pray that you would begin to speak new words into those situations. And God, that you would breathe life there again. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. There are many words related to the gospel. We talked about this idea of gospel. Gospel means what? Good news. It's good news. There's lots of good words related to the gospel. We got words like love, words like grace and forgiveness. We talked about that last. We got words like life and mercy. There's so much good. But if I was to say, what's my favorite word of the gospel? It's this word. Redemption. 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 The Bible says this that through Christ God has redeemed us. It says this in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, can we pull that up on the screen here? It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin so we use this word redemption i'm sure many of you have heard that word before you might use it sometimes we talk about redemption stories all this kind of thing but what does it actually mean the literal word for redemption actually means this idea to redeem something means to buy something back how many are coupon people any coupon people out there got a couple of coupon people but i mean you remember that there was that show where people could do coupons and like they would go like buy a thousand dollars of stuff for like 50 bucks or something like that with coupons We got a guy in the church, I won't embarrass him right now, but when we had our painting project around here, he came with four bags full of painting supplies. And I'm like, where'd you get that? He's like, I got it for free at Menards. I'm like, how'd you get it for free? Coupons. I'm like, sweet. (laughs) I'm like, this is awesome. We used all that stuff to do this painting project. It was killer, right? Coupons are cool. My favorite, I'm not too proud to say this, my favorite coupon is at Culver's. Okay. I'm a grown man. I know it. I'm a grown man. But I'm not too proud to say I eat the kids' meal at Culver's. (laughs) You want to know why? You get a free coupon for ice cream at the end of that meal. It's awesome. It's great. And if you get 10, you get another free meal. It's awesome. It's the circle of life. It's awesome, guys. Okay. But that's what a coupon is. We, we, We take a coupon. You get something. What happens? Okay, what does it mean when you redeem? You know this phrase, we redeem a coupon, right? You can come get your coupon redeemed. Here's what it means. That you bring your coupon and they buy their coupon back from you for a price. At Culver's, they buy it back by giving me a free ice cream cone. At other places, they'll buy it back for 10% off of an item, or they'll buy it back for giving you a $5 discount on something. That's what it means they're buying this thing back. What they're saying is that the coupon has value, and I'm willing to pay for it. See, this is what it means when we are redeemed of God. God sees value in us, and he is willing to buy us back to redeem us. There's something of value there. Micah shared this last week, that that the core and the heart of forgiveness is actually redemption, right? Forgiveness isn't the end goal. Forgiveness is a means to another end. And the end is that we might be redeemed because some forgiveness has to take place so God can do what? Buy us back to himself. And this is the most basic understanding that we have, that his desire is that we would be in relationship with him, and he makes the way for it. He redeems us. God is our redeemer. We are what? The redeemed. That's who we are. And I love this. I love this truth. We all get this. But if this is the extent that we understand this idea of redemption, then I think think we're missing out on something that is potentially amazing. right? It's great that God redeems us. That he redeems our soul, that he saves us, that he washes us clean. But how many of you know that even though God might forgive us of our sins and our past, we don't forget our past always, right? Like, we still remember that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You got stuff in your, like, you remember that stuff. You know God's forgiven you, and maybe you've been able to forgive yourself as well, but, but you know it's still there, Right? There's these scars that are left over. There's these memories that don't go away. There are hard seasons that just stick with us. You remember that season, right? It still sticks with you. We've all got those. Amber and I got those stories, those seasons that, that sit back there in our past, right? But it doesn't just end when we're saved, Right? Just because you're saved doesn't mean everything goes, you know, beat you keen all the time. Everything is perfect all the time. There's still struggles. There's still trials. There's still seasons that feel like they are going to take you to the brink, right? We go through that. Some of you are here this morning. You walked in the door because that's where you're at right now. You're at the brink. You're at the end. You don't know where else to go. So you said, you know what? I'm going to walk in the door this morning, okay? What are we supposed to do with that stuff? Like, how are we supposed to respond? Are we supposed to just pretend like it's not there? We supposed to pretend like that's not what we're feeling, like that's what we've gone through, right? I think God has something else for us. This is where we're going to look at our passage here in 2 Corinthians. If you got your Bibles, look back at verse number 5. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, for what we preach is not ourselves. He's saying, listen, this thing ain't about us. We're not talking about us. This is Paul talking. He's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's, he's telling them, listen, when we came, we're not preaching us. It ain't about us, folks. He goes on, but we're preaching Jesus Christ is Lord. This thing is about him. That's what it's about. It's not about me. It's about him and ourselves. We're just servants for Jesus. The only thing, the only value that we have is how we bring you to Christ. goes on and says, for God who, made, uh, who said, let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the the face of Christ. Say, listen, God has put something inside of us, right? Like it's not us, we're not the ones of value, there's something that has been placed inside of us and this is where we get to the best part of this passage. Look what it says in verse seven. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. I put this up here because I want to break this down. It says, but we have this treasure. What is the treasure he's talking about? It's Christ. It's the hope. It's the gospel. It is what he has made available to us through Christ. That is what he has put in us. We have this treasure in jars of clay. What's a jar of clay? Now, if you're familiar with, you know, ancient pottery, because I'm sure all of you took a class in that, right? Ancient, No. Oh, you haven't taken class, class, that's fine. Okay, it's just clay. It's just cheap clay pots, okay? And here's the deal with a clay pot. Clay pots can be filled with lots of stuff. They could fill them with food, they could fill them with liquids, they could put something value in them. The truth is that the pot isn't what mattered, it's what went inside of the pot that mattered, okay? And if you're familiar, any of, do any of you do pottery? Any of you actually do pottery? No, good, yeah. Well, we got one. I should have had you make something for me. <laughs> okay? Pottery, you know this. It isn't real strong. Like, like it can chip fairly easily. It can crack fairly easily, right? If you drop a a clay pot, what's that thing going to do? It's going to shatter, okay? Here's a picture of of an ancient clay pot. This is what pots oftentimes can look like. They they have cracks in them. They They have breaks in them, right? And he's saying, we have this treasure in these clay pots. What is Paul trying to say? Is that you and I, as followers of Christ... We're a bunch of cracked pots, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. We're not cracked pots, we're cracked pots. That is what we are. we are. We are fragile. Like, none of us walk in the room and are like, we're so great. Look how awesome. No, we don't. We know that. You know your story, just like I do. I know my own past. I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, man. What's your problem? Why did you say that? Why do you do that? Why do you think that way? Like Paul saying, I know what I want to do, but I can't seem to do that. I'm a cracked pot. I have broken pieces. I look at my past, and there are some stuff I don't like talking about. I don't like thinking about personally, right? And you know the same thing. you got stuff in your past, things that you have done that you regret, things that you wish were not a part of your story. I get it. Like, we all are there. The reality is we are all cracked pots. But here is what Paul is trying to say. He says, what we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. This is the good news right here. The good news isn't that we're so good, that we're this nice, pristine pot that looks so pretty, and we've been decorated so nice. No, that isn't where the hope is. The hope is, guess what? We're cracked pots filled with the glory of God. That's the hope we have. And it's, in fact, it's the cracks and it's the broken pieces that are a chance for the glory of God to be shown through us. He is actually seen through the broken parts of our lives, through those mistakes of your past. His glory is revealed through that when we surrender our lives to him, right? Around here, we talk about this. We say this, embrace the struggle. And it's really easy for us to say, well, that's just some cool little slogan that Greg has to say, hey, let's be real and authentic. That's not it. Embrace the struggle is the gospel. That we don't have to fake this thing. That we don't have to cover things up. That we don't have to try and put a band-aid over our broken pieces and act like it wasn't there. It's the fact that God will form us and he will make us new. But guess what? That scar that is there suddenly can be used for greater purpose to display his glory. How good and gracious and loving and faithful he is. That he has the redeeming power to redeem everything. This is what the gospel makes available to us. Listen, our hope isn't in our greatness. Our hope is in his goodness. He didn't save you because you are so great. He saved you because he is so beautiful. He is so wonderful. He is so good. That's what the gospel says for every single one of us. God didn't just save us because we're the perfect image. He wanted to do something through us. And here's what Paul is trying to say. Is that when we give him the chance, when we're honest, we surrender stuff to him. We surrender those broken pieces. We can begin to realize something, that his glory can be revealed through our weaknesses. And instead of hiding those things, we have stuff in our past. We all got, remember those rooms? We closed the door. We said, "Up, oh, we're past that now. Instead of just simply walking away, God can do something. He can buy that thing back. And what once was a bad memory in your life God can actually redeem it, buy it back, and use it to display his glory. He can take the hurts of your past. He can redeem your failures. He can redeem anything in your life if you would simply lay it down and say, God, I surrender this thing to you. I'm not hiding it in the back room anymore. I'm gonna be honest. God could do something amazing through your story. My favorite Example for this is my wife's life And so I'm going to invite her up in a moment But before I do that I want to I just want to say this I want to honor her publicly Because there is nobody that I know personally Who has more courage in sharing her story In front of other people than my wife And I've watched her for over 10 years Share parts of herself That many of you would say I would never get in front of other people And say those things Okay, But I've watched God do amazing things through it So can you give it up for my wife Amber, as she comes
1: to the stage. Come here. Hi. Well, yes, here we go. You get to hear all about my stuff. Um, you know, I think from the beginning, can I just jump in or did you, you want to say something? do whatever you want to okay. do. We have not rehearsed this, so I'm in charge. No, I'm just kidding. Um, from the very beginning, you know, of when... Christ has really redeemed me, I have from that moment on decided, uh, God, if you can forgive me of all my junk, then I'm going to share that for your glory. And there are still, there's still times where I go back to the junk, but um, I share this with you to show you and to tell you how good that God is and that even when you are broken and lost, that he can redeem and restore. I grew up in a pastor's family. My dad is a pastor to this day. He's been at the same church for 30 years. Uh, He got saved, like in his 30s, the year I was born, actually. My mom and dad both got saved. So I grew up in a church. And I grew up in a small church in a small town. And you guys may think that doesn't matter. And it does because I was the talk of the town. You know, my mom and dad taught me the word of God. I knew the Bible. I knew the church life. But there came a point in my life where I knew it all, but I wasn't applying any of it. Um, My faith, I I began to realize much later on that my faith was never really my own. I did those things because that's what mom and dad did. And that's what I was supposed to do. And I was a pastor's kid, and that's what we do. And um, I got into high school... And I was a leader, and uh, even leaders like approval, right? And I led and was well-liked in school, but I began to go down this path where um, I really relied on alcohol. I really relied on relationships with boys. That became my identity. And in order to function and feel like I was important, that was the stuff that I I had to have in my life. Uh, there became a point in my life where I felt like everybody looked at me as this like I had to be this certain person. I had to be this good girl. I had nothing wrong with me. I always was had it all together because you know I was a pastor's kid. Well, that kind of threw me the wrong direction because I felt empty. I felt lost. I felt like I didn't really know who I was. And to mask any of that, I would drink. I would hide myself in um, things that I I felt like I could put a facade up and make myself look like I had it all put together. And I began to become really bitter at the church um, because when you are a pastor's kid and you aren't behaving the right way, the church, unfortunately, can begin to look down on you. And I felt, and it wasn't purposefully, I felt very judged. I felt that the church people that I felt like, right, were supposed to have my back were the ones that were judging all of my actions. And that fueled my fire even more. And if you know anything about me, my fire will get fueled if you tell me not to do something. (laughs) I will, fine, I will show you, I'm going to do it. And um, I began to feel like I, I... Everyone was talking about me, I felt lost, I felt like I couldn't even, I didn't even want to tell, you know, the people closest in my life because I was ashamed and um, I began to struggle with an eating disorder which took over my life. Uh, That was basically the only control I felt like I had on my life because everything else was out of control and I remember um, there was a point in my, it was my senior year of high school. And at that point, I really, I really wanted nothing to do with the church, honestly. And I'm going to be honest with you. I really never wanted anything to do with ministry. Um, I was never going to be a pastor's wife, ever, 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 ever. Um, and ever. That's, that, that comes in a little bit for the forgiveness part. But I was sitting in a doctor's office one day. I was 18. My mom and dad couldn't be in there. I had bruises all over my body. I knew what was happening. I was out of control in my eating disorder. And I remember the doctor looking at me and he said, I don't need to tell you your diagnosis because you already know. And I'm like, yep, and I'm not changing. So this is the one thing I can control. At least I'm not in here having to do a breathalyzer because I'd get in trouble for that too. and I felt like that moment was very pivotal in my life though because this doctor looked at me and said, not this Christian guy, not one of the people from the church, a doctor, like you're worth more. And if you ever wanna have children in a family, you need to change your behavior. So I took what he said, it kinda hit me. Well that summer, the right before I was supposed to graduate, uh, I got really sick, I got mono. And if you've ever had mono, even the word makes you cringe because it's horrible. And I was out cold, I actually was on bed rest because my spleen was so enlarged. I already was thin and I began to lose weight at a rapid, weight, or rapid rate. And uh, I remember this time being very lonely. I had all the friends in the world and nobody came to visit me. I was trapped in all of these areas of my life that I felt like were out of control, were literally out of control. The approval of others didn't really matter because I couldn't even leave my room. And I remember my mom and dad, there was a church service one night, and they were going to make me go, and they were determined I was going to go. And I'm like, you can drag me, but I'm not going. And I went. <laughs>
0: they dragged <laughs> and They dragged me.
1: <laughs> and I was, yeah, they could have. Um, I got to this church service, and this guy, was a, it was a guest speaker. He did not know me. At all. And at this point, I was skeptical of the church, right? I was in the back row with my arms crossed like, I'm not going to get a thing out of this, but I'm here at least. And this guy before the service started, he walked up to me and he's like, I just want you to know, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that if you were to surrender, that God would forgive all over your life. And I'm like, what? How does he know? Because inside, the things I fought against was like, I know all the things I've done in the darkest of nights. And there is no way that a loving God in heaven could forgive me for that because I knew better. I knew what I was doing was wrong, and I chose to do it anyways. I really, really struggled with the fact of being forgiven and being made white as snow, and being able to be used even though I had all of these scars. And um, that was a very like, I I literally remember sitting there. I can remember like what I was wearing and where I was sitting. That is how important that moment was in my life. Uh, I ended up going to North, do you want me to keep talking? Go for it. Uh, To North Central. I have no control anyway. Yeah, he has no control. He gave me the microphone. He will never do this ever again. No, no, just kidding. He will. Um, I remember I I wasn't, maybe uh, there was a possibility that I wasn't going to be able to start college. And that obviously devastated me. And uh, my mom and dad, finally we decided I was going to go to party. And they were like, no, you are not. You're going to go learn about Jesus because that's what would be best for your life. Even though I thought that was the dumbest idea ever, it was obviously what was best for my life. But unfortunately, you know, I got there, um, and all my garbage came with me, right? It all was there. I was like what Micah said. I was carrying around a bag full of really heavy weights that I wanted nobody to know that they existed because I had it all together. I was fine. I was happy, Amber. I had a lot of friends. I was good. But inside, I was dying. And um, I remember getting to North Central, and... Almost immediately, I, what do you know, wound up in a relationship with somebody, and I had been there like three days, so I made it a whole three days, and that, again, that was my identity, so I had to have that relationship, and I remember thinking, well, mom and dad will approve because he's a Christian, right, because that's what I had been taught was important, and it is important, teenagers, it is important, um, but this man was a Christian, but he wasn't living for Jesus in any way that I could see. And he began to become very abusive. And um, honestly, I thought that's what I got. I deserved that. I felt like a dirty rag that was just a piece of meat and a piece of trash that should be thrown around. And so honestly, I just really thought that it was my fault. And I put myself in this place. And yes, some of my actions did, but it was not my fault. I was never to be treated like that. And I remember one time I decided, like, this isn't right. There's something. God began to slowly work on my heart, and I, I ran, shoot, like, this time of year barefoot back to college after he had tried to lock the door and slam me on his bed one more time. And um, I remember thinking, I'm done I'm done with this because God if you don't exist then I'm just done because this is not how I want to live my life and I have been told and I was taught but why don't I actually get it and that is really where God revealed to me like you don't understand that even the ickiest darkest spots of your life I came so that you might be free in those so that you could be redeemed so that you could be a light into the darkness and it began this process where God began to heal me. I had to forgive the people that had hurt me. There was a list of the people that had hurt me. I had to begin to see that God was loving and gracious and not judgmental. All of these things that I had stuck in my head that he was, I had to retrain my brain that that's not who he was. Because he showed me how faithful and good he is. And um, I, I began to really have a heart, obviously, then for broken, lost people. It always started with teenagers, but it really has evolved to more than that, obviously. Tell the, just tell the first time that you shared the story. Uh, the first time, I, I was an intern um, at Cedar Valley where we were, and I, I interned with the youth. And I remember the youth pastor was like, I want you to share your story. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm never sharing my story. I am a pastor's wife. They're going to fire us. (laughs) This is not going to be good. And um, I remember that night sharing my story and teenagers coming to the altar and being set free of the exact same things that I carried. And it wasn't because I'm a great speaker or my story is like that powerful. It's because God used what was broken for his good. And he used me. And, you know, I always say my past doesn't define me. It's made me who I am. And it's made me feel uh, I have a heart for the broken. My, I am not squeaky clean. My family stories, my, we're not clean. We are not squeaky clean people. But by the grace of God, I have been redeemed. Amen. And my story will be something I continue to tell because I know that I have been forgiven. And here's the deal. And now I'm going to preach, Greg. Um, Many of us sit in this room with stories. And a lot of you, you just covered them up. And you don't want to ever go back there. But here's the deal. You are missing out on something. God wants to use your story to help someone else. Not only will it set you free to share that story, but someone's going to come alongside you and say, I've been there. Thank you. You understand me. And you're going to help someone else walk through those same things. Okay. I hate it when Christians think, like, we got to just be put together. You always got No. No. We're no. cracked pots. We're cracked pots. And I, that's just really weird to say it like that. But, yes, you're right. We are. And um, our brokenness is what brings him glory. Yeah. And that's why he came is for our brokenness. Yeah, that's good.
0: That's good. Like we're not I've watched it Here's what's fun for me Is I've had a first hand I remember the first time She was going to go Share her story And she was Literally she was freaking out Like Seriously they're going to fire us Greg
1: I sugarcoated it big time The whole time too
0: They're going to fire us I can't do this What are we going to do Like she was freaking out For weeks leading up to this thing But when she saw it It was like something Snapped in her heart And it was like Suddenly there was a freedom To say no 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 wait a second, God could redeem that garbage? Like all of that junk from my past, God can buy that thing back and do something with it? of glory. Like, and that's what we say, God can reveal his glory through the junk, through the brokenness. I'll tell you, I'll sit here, guess what? I'm not squeaky clean either. About two years ago, I had a chance, I had a group of guys, Hunter was in that group two years ago, and I got a chance to sit down with a group of guys and we said, we're all gonna share our story. You know what I shared on the first day? I said, guess what I used to struggle with? Pornography. That was a struggle of mine. And I got to lay lay it down and be honest about it. And guess what happened? Every single guy got to just share about issues that they were struggling with and about things that they were struggling with. Why? That gross, that thing I used to hide, like Amber used to hide stuff, like let's hide the stuff from our past. Let's not talk about those things. Suddenly, God could actually buy that thing back, and rather trying to avoid it in our lives and avoid those situations, we get to celebrate the beauty and the glory of what God has done through our lives. And so Amber set the the bar here a little bit, so why don't you pull up the big so what real quick, because it might be something that Amber just said. (laughs) Your story... Plus God's grace equals hope. Your story plus God's grace equals hope. Here's what it means. It means that when you share the story of what God has done in your life it can breathe hope into someone else's life. My guess is that somebody here this morning has either been abused, have struggled with alcohol, have gone through something that Amber's gone through, struggling with an eating disorder. Somebody here this morning is dealing with one of those things and guess what there is hope for you today. Because Amber was willing to share her story and say what God has brought her through, what God has led her through. But hear this, it's more than just what he has brought you through. It can be what you are in the midst of right now, okay? Because sometimes we say, well, we got to get onto the backside of this thing before I can talk about it. I have to have victory in this area before I can talk about it. No, just the fact that you can acknowledge what you are in the midst of can set another person free because they know what, you know what? I'm not the only one struggling here, Right? Guess what? If you're struggling in an area and you can be honest and vulnerable, guess what? God can receive glory because you aren't the answer. You know it. Paul knew it. He wasn't the answer. We aren't the solution. Amber's not the answer. It's God's glory through her. It is his presence. It is a victory that comes through Christ. But that's the other piece. God's story brings grace, it brings hope, and it brings victory. Because as we celebrate the stories of what God has done in our past, we don't have to look back in regret. We can look back in excitement and joy about where he has brought us to. And it gives us faith to believe that he could take us somewhere further than that. Guess what? I pray, dear God, may I not be done growing. Like, I I look at myself sometimes, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm not growing at all. Guess what I can do? I can look back and say, well, look at who I was. There are some things God has brought me through, and I can have faith to believe he can still keep changing me. He can still shape me. He can form me into his image. He can do something new in my life. And what Amber said is the exact challenge I have for every person here this morning. Some of you are sitting on a wealth of joy and a wealth of excitement for somebody else's life but you've been keeping it to yourself you don't tell that story because you don't you're afraid of what that might look (laughs) it ain't about you you're a cracked pot let the glory of god shine through the cracks of your life the cracks of your past the cracks of your story that you don't like to talk about he can reveal something beautiful through it this is what it says in psalms 107 verse 2 says this let the redeemed of the lord tell their story let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Some of you out there, you've been redeemed. You've been saved. God sets you free from stuff. I know some of your stories. And I know some of you have stories and you don't talk about them. My guess is there's a bunch of youth over here who didn't know my wife's story. Suddenly you know that you have somebody you can talk to if you're struggling in an area like that. And God buys that, st- that garbage of her past he buys it back and does something awesome with it right some of you just went through a season of hurt you just come through a season of hurt and you're like did anything good come out of that thing maybe you don't see it right now but i guarantee you if you allow god to use that story he will do something good with it we don't like it it doesn't mean that it takes that thing away I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, hey, God will redeem it and everything will be peachy keen, all perfect all the time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is God can do something beautiful to reveal his glory through it. And that pain has purpose now. And that's what some of us need in our lives. And so this morning, I, I once want to take a time to respond, and there's two different responses for us today. There's some of you, what you need is is to recognize that, you know, yeah, God, I I, I got some stuff in my past I've never talked about. You've saved me from it, you've redeemed me from it, but I don't ever tell anybody else about it. You know, you know what sharing the gospel is? It's just telling your story. Like we get so freaked out, like I could never share the, I could never share the gospel with someone. Guess what, just tell your story. Like tell your story. What has God saved you from? Like let somebody know that. My guess is there's another person on this planet who's dealt with that. And they need to hear your story, right? but there's another group in here this morning that maybe you come in the doors and you've never experienced God redeeming you. You walked in these doors carrying the bags like we all carry around and God's never redeemed you because you've never surrendered. See, redemption requires a step on our part. It says we've got to lay it down. We've got to lay ourselves down and we've got to lay all of us down. And God will redeem your soul but he wants to redeem your story too. He wants to redeem your, the, the path that you are walking right now, and he'll do it if you'll let him. That's why the gospel is beautiful. That's why the gospel is so good, okay? And so we would just want to take a moment just to pray together. And so even before we pray, I just want, it, I want you to take a moment. Uh, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes. And I want you to just simply just ask on your own, just ask God, God, is there a part of my story that I, that I haven't wanted to talk about? There's something you've saved me from, something you brought me through, but I don't ever talk about that thing. God, would you help me to, to, to be healed to the extent that I could share that story? Would I be able to see you begin in redeeming that circumstance? I'm just going to give you just a, a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for um, anyone in this room, Lord, there's parts of their story that they just hid, or maybe there's just parts of their story where they need to forgive themselves, maybe they need to forgive someone else, maybe they need to forgive the church. God, I just pray that you will reveal that to them this morning, and Lord, I pray that every broken person, we are all broken people, God, that you will um, reveal to us those areas of our story that you want us to share for your glory, to help someone else, God, to see your goodness, to see your grace. And God, I pray that even this next week that you will bring people across paths where they can minister to them just by their story, by the story of redemption, that the story of a God who loves us so much that he gave his life for us to use our life for his glory. God, I just pray For any person in this room, Lord, maybe there's something they're struggling with right now. It's an addiction. It's an anger towards someone. Whatever it may be, unforgiveness that they're still battling. God, I just pray that you will meet them right where they are today. God, that we will live as free people that go throughout our lives sharing the goodness of your grace.